Hey everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. We have uh, with us the usual, and that would be, of course, Joe Henderson and Ira Kaufman, the Sunshine Boys themselves. I'm Jim Williams, the sports director of SportsTalkFlorida.com. We also have two guests with us, Pat Yasinkas of Today'sPinkskin.com. And we have Allison Posey, who is the sports director of ABC 27 WTXL in Tallahassee, who has been with us before. We welcome her back. Welcome, guests. And um, Yaz, I guess because you are here as a first-timer, we want to get you to chat with us a little bit about what's going on this weekend, the NFL, and what you're looking forward to seeing this week. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's start here at home and, uh, the Broncos coming to town, which is going to be an awfully big challenge for, for the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks, you know, are not off the start they would like to be. Um, defensively, they didn't, they didn't have a good outing the other day, uh, and that, that hurt them badly. Um, and obviously the Super Bowl champions are, are a big, big challenge, so. I'm looking to see how the Bucks respond to that and see if they can compete in this game. And then the other game that really intrigues me is New Orleans at San Diego, which may not sound like a great game, but it's Drew Brees' return to San Diego for the first time since he left there 10 years ago. And I've gotten to, gotten to know Drew pretty well through the years, and one thing I know about Drew is he is a very competitive guy who keeps a chip on his shoulder, which is part of what makes him so good. And uh, he still, still to this day, resents the fact that, uh, that San Diego uh, kind of ran him out of town to go with Phil Rivers. So he's going to be out to prove a point, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a huge passing day out of Drew Brees. Joe, Ira? Well, uh, Yaz, what do you think about uh, – got a Thursday night game tonight with the Dolphins uh, up at Cincinnati. What do you think of that one? Oh, we got to get your Cincinnati boys in. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it's a good game. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad game. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it. It is in Cincinnati, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, then I'm, I'm going to give the nod to Cincinnati. Um, they – uh, they've had a little bit of a rocky start, um, but I think they're a pretty good team. Marvin Lewis is a very good coach. Um, Miami is a team that's improving, but I don't think they're there yet. So I'll go with the Bengals on that one. Well, and, and keeping it in state, you've got the uh, Jags uh, flying all the way to London uh, to play the Colts. And, uh, it looks to me like uh, something's not right with Blake Bortles. He was supposed to take that step forward this year. Um, yeah. Instead, I think he stepped in a hole. Yeah, he definitely has. And uh, that's not good. And, uh, you know, Gus Bradley, uh, the hot the hot seat rumors are already starting, uh, and they're, they're really heating up. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if they go to London and get embarrassed. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Jaguars go ahead and make a move now. Um, it's been done before, um, and coincidentally, I can't remember who it was last year, but 
somebody somebody went to London and uh, got shellacked and uh, and they got was, they got fired. It was the Dolphins. It was, it was the Dolphins. Joe Philbin. Yeah, yeah. Joe Philbin. Yeah. Yeah. So I could, I could see Gus Bradley getting a uh, a similar fate, uh, you know, if they don't uh, at least turn in a, a decent performance. You're listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast here on SportsTalkFlorida.com with Pat Yasinkis of today's Pigskin, Allison Posey of ABC 27 in Tallahassee, and our Sunshine Boys, of course, Joe Henderson, Ira Kaufman, Ira. You had said yourself last time we chatted that you th- you pretty much agreed with Yaz in this regard that uh, that Gus may not return from uh, from London if uh, Jacksonville um, loses. And any speculation from the bunch of you, Allison included, on who might be um, the next coach of, or at least the interim coach of the Jags, if by chance they lose. Uh, I'm, I'm well, thinking. I'll, I'll uh, take the first shot at that. Um, I I don't know if it would be. It might have to be an interim situation, but uh, I I think the guy to keep an eye on is Tom Coughlin. He he still wants to coach very much so, and he obviously had some some good success in Jacksonville, and he's he's still well thought of in Jacksonville. So he would be the logical guy in my eyes. The only question is his age and does he have the energy to keep coaching? He says he does, and uh, you know, I I don't think uh, I don't think Tom's the kind of guy that would stick with something if he if he didn't still have the passion for it. I think Tom only lives about a half an hour from the training complex. Yeah, and um, of course, Jim, that would be his second stint. Uh, with, with the Jags, and the first one he had a lot of success uh, yeah. very quickly. Uh, I want to address a few NFL remarks to uh, young uh, Miss Posey, Jim. Okay. Uh, Allison, uh, listen, listen closely here, because uh, among the myriad problems uh, afflicting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the moment, <laughs> and as Pat mentioned, the defense is terrible, uh, and Dirk Cutter made a bonehead move. Uh, in terms of clock management last week. That didn't help. Uh, but guess what? Uh, Roberto Aguayo has, <laughs> has returned as a major concern. Uh, the Bucks thought they uh, had dodged a bullet when he struggled in preseason. Then he seemed to straighten out. Now the games count, Jim, and the guy uh, is very, very shaky. This is a very sensitive situation. General manager moved up to get him in the second round. That immediately put him in a spotlight. Allison, uh, he's on a short leash, in my opinion, before they have to bring somebody in to at least compete uh, against him. Um, are you shocked about how uh, how his confidence is, uh, is wavering at this moment? Um, a, a little bit, yeah, because, I mean, he was so spot on here in Tallahassee. Um, I mean, the kid never missed inside the 40 uh, his entire career at Florida State. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a big stage, and you can't – I mean, at the end of the day, you got to remember, the kid's, what, 21, 22 years old. I mean, he's young, and it's not an excuse. It's your job. I mean, you're getting paid the big bucks to, to kick field goals, but uh, – 
I mean, yes and no. I mean, he, he struggled early. He, you know, got the help he needed. Uh, I think a lot of it's mental. I mean, it's it's a it's a mental game, and once you're kind of in that block, you it's hard to break. Um, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for him to break it, but I think I think all of it's. I mean, the kid can kick. We know, we know that. Um, I think a lot of it is mental. I think the pressure, you know, the money, the big stage, the people talking. It's some it's an adversity he's never had to deal with before. So instead of dealing with something like this in college and learning how to cope, he's having to deal with it where it's your job now. <laughs> so uh it'll be interesting to see how he uh how he deals with it, but I mean it's a mental thing. I mean it's it's going to I mean it, each person's different to see how long it takes to, to overcome something like that. Well, hey, Ira, I, think... I have a question for you. Do you think? Uh, I was just gonna... go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that. Uh, do you think in a case like this, um, you know, that a sports psychiatrist would be somebody that uh, a psychologist? I'm sorry would be somebody that uh, it might be uh, interesting to uh, at least bring in and, and have a, a well, couple he's, of I sessions. mean, he's already done that. I mean, he, oh, he yeah. did that after preseason and, and got the help. He, that's what I was saying. He got the help he needed. They they already brought in a psychologist right. to deal with him. But, I mean, it, it's it's like anything in sports. I mean, you see it in baseball, pitchers get the yips. I mean, it's it's, it's anything. It's It's mental and it's. It's it's not. I mean, it's not easy to overcome. I mean, I hope I hope he can get over it. I mean, you see some people that just never get over it. But I mean, the the kid's talented. Like I said, it's not like he can't kick. He's just never had to deal with something like this. And I don't know if the I don't want to say mental toughness, but it's something that he's going to have to learn to cope with. Pat, you were going to say something. Yeah, um, I think they put the kid in a uh, a terrible spot. Uh, by drafting him in the second round, the expectations went way up, and I don't think there was any need to draft him in the second round. Uh, Jason Light has implied that they thought somebody else was going to take him, uh, and that's why they jumped up and got him. But uh, you know, I'm 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 a believer that you don't draft kickers except for maybe in the sixth or seventh round, and only then they've got to be pretty special. Um, you look around the league, there's a, a ton of undrafted kickers that are all doing pretty well, and uh, and I just don't think the kicker is is important enough to warrant a number two draft pick. Um, if you look at the end of the year, if you look at the the final stats, uh, you know what's the difference between the the best kicker in the league and the and the worst kicker in the league um, in terms of points. And we're, we're probably talking 15 or 20 points. So I just don't think it's that important, and I, I think they made a mistake in drafting him. You know, here's here's another point to, to jump in on with that, uh, Yaz and everyone, is you've got a lot invested in him, right? <laughs> and he's going to end up he, – it's arguable that he cost them the game last week against the Rams with a missed field goal and a missed extra point put them in a position where they had to take some unnecessary risks at, at the end of the game and they weren't able to pull it out. Now you can't go on with that much longer. And if he were uh, a quote unquote normal kicker, uh, they would be bringing in uh, people uh, audition 
to replace him. But you're not going to admit a major mistake this early in the season. So what I think could happen, and just keep your eye on this, if his struggles continue, he might come up with a mysterious groin injury that will require him to go on IR for the year and, and allow them to kind of stash him, let him work through whatever issues he's got, bring in you know, a journeyman kicker who, who can uh, provide some help, and then uh, come back and try it again next year because this can't go on. Uh, this is just wildly unacceptable. You know, Joe, so, uh, you would... go ahead. All right. Jim, uh, so Anderson brings up an interesting point. Um, and I'm wondering, if, uh, I'm wondering if Pat agrees with me because Pat is well-versed in, in things that happen uh, behind the scenes that, that the fans don't see. Um, Pat, isn't this the kind of situation in some way um, could really uh, drive a little bit of a wedge between the GM and the coach uh, briefly uh, in the short term? Uh, you know, because Dirk Cutter's trying to win games, Pat, and yeah. the Bucks don't win a lot of blowouts. They're close games. They need the kicker to do what what, what they're supposed to do. And, and Jason Light, uh, Jason Light is invested in Aguayo in a way that Dirk Cutter is not, Pat. So uh, who knows what kind of conversations are going on uh, upstairs at one buck right now? Yeah, I'd love to be a fly on the wall and. You know, seriously, my opinion is uh, they could have gone with Connor Barth or or Patrick Murray uh, or, you know, someone along those lines and uh, not used that draft pick on a kicker. They could have used it on on a position player that, in theory, uh, would be a starter because he's a second rounder and most second rounders start. Um, So Dirk... uh, Dirk has to be uh, questioning that pick a little bit because it, it cost him a, a position player. Well, and the Bucks could definitely, as we've seen, their receiving core is really not very good. And uh, the one thing that they lack is speed uh, on the outside. <clears throat> and, I, you know, I'd have to go back and look at the draft to see who was available when they traded up to get Aguayo, but uh, there were a receiver who could be an impact player and maybe take some heat off Mike Evans. Um, sure would have looked awful good right there. Yeah. yeah. And Jim, uh, another Florida state uh, alumni who is uh, under scrutiny. Uh, and I don't think it's fair after three weeks uh, is the kid under center, Jameis Winston, uh, who I think played pretty well last week certainly was not among the primary culprits uh, when you score 32 points against a good defense. Um, Allison, the problem with Winston right now, and it's not his fault, he's throwing too much. Um, He's thrown more passes, I believe, than any quarterback in the NFL through three weeks. And this well-balanced buck offense, Jim, that set franchise records last year under Dirk Cutter, all of a sudden, it's out of whack. They don't run the ball often. They don't run it well. And here come the Broncos. Allison, uh, Winston's going to be in a lot, of, a lot of serious pain if, he, if he's throwing the ball 50 times against Denver on Sunday. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I don't understand the scrutiny 
behind Jameis. I mean, you see everything that he did last year, and you have to remember, the kid is in his second year in the NFL. So, I mean, there's still there's still growing pains. I mean, he's still got a lot to learn. I mean, you look at what's around him. I mean, he's he's young, and I think – I don't know if people forget that or, you know, you have this stellar rookie season, and it's, it's like that's the expectation all, all around, and it's unrealistic. I mean – yeah, he's not doing as well, I think, as what, what people expect him to and what he expects himself to. But at the end of the day, you got to remember, the, the kid is still fresh. <laughs> he's not an experienced quarterback by any means. Well, Joe, he could be a senior in, uh, in college right now. That's what well, he could you, be. Yeah, he, he could be. You could say that about a lot of players who come into the NFL, but I'm – and I'll see if Yaz agrees with me on this. I think Jameis Winston's biggest problem last week was he didn't have Doug Martin. And without yeah. a without a ground game to keep some heat off of him, you know, he's going to throw 50 times like he did last week. And they put up 32 points. So it's not like he was inept. And, and it's, but, you know, he's got Cameron Braid at tight end. He's got, uh, you know, Adam Humphreys uh, is a nice player, but come on. And um, you've got to have that stud horse back there at at running back to take some of the heat off of him. And it's just not there. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's part of the reason Jameis had such a good rookie season was uh, Doug Martin was healthy for the full season and, and put up big numbers. And I think that really took the pressure off Jameis a lot. Um, and, you know, he's playing okay right now. Um, might not be quite what everybody wants, but in the grand scheme of things, he's one of their lesser problems. They got they got much bigger problems, much bigger fish to fry than, than Jameis Winston, um, and he's, he's going to keep getting better, um, but uh, you, you worry about putting him out there against a team like Denver, uh, and asking him asking him to throw the ball 50 times because he is going to get beat up and uh, and things could get ugly and you you could end up ruining ruining the kid that way so they they've got to uh, find a way to incorporate the running game a little bit um, you know w- without Doug Martin there that's not going to be easy um, but they've got a couple other guys and they might as well roll the dice and, and give those guys a chance to carry the ball. You're listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast here on SportsTalkFlorida.com. I'm Jim Williams, your host, along with Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys. We have our Sunshine Girl from in Tallahassee <laughs> at ABC 27, Allison Posey. And we have today's pigskin.com feature writer, Pat Yasinkis. And uh, welcome to everyone. Glad to have you with us. Uh, big game, guys and gal, on uh, on Sunday night. Iris Chiefs and the Steelers square off in Pittsburgh. That's kind of an early test for both teams because um, you know no one wants to fall two games back in the uh, in the division, and it looks at this point in time like uh, uh, the Raiders are a good football team, but the Ravens have them at uh, at home and. Uh, We've already established that Joe's team is going to win, so um, 
it's key for Pittsburgh to stay to keep pace, and it's also key uh, key for the Chiefs to keep pace. I think the Steelers are going to be in an ornery mood, uh, guys, because uh, they were spanked uh, by cross-state rivals uh, in Philly. Uh, this Carson Wentz looks tremendous right now. It's early, uh, but he looks great. Uh, look, Pittsburgh is not the old Steelers that are defined by defense. They're not. Nope. Uh, they are a very good offensive team, especially when uh, Le'Veon Bell comes back. Uh, but their defense is, is okay, just okay. And the Chiefs have one of the uh, – Pat, one of the great young corners, I think, in the game, and Marcus Peters, um, he's coming on very, very fast. And we'll see when he tangles with Antonio Brown. Pat, that, that's a heck of a matchup. My uh, issues with the Chiefs are on offense. Uh, the Jets basically handed the game to Kansas City last week, all those turnovers. But if the Chiefs got to drive 80 yards, Pat, week after week, I don't think they got the weapons around Alex Smith to do it. I think they're a good team, uh, but but they're not an elite team in my eyes. No, they're they're not. Uh, I think they're a very well coached team with with Andy Reid, uh, but just their overall talent level is not uh, not anything close to uh, being an elite team. Um, but uh, that said, they're they're going to win some games because of Andy Reid and. Um, what he has built there as far as chemistry. Um, and I, I also couldn't agree with you more about the uh, Steelers being ornery this week. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I, I know Eagles fans and, and Steelers fans, and uh, that was a huge game. And uh, Steelers fans and players uh, took the loss very hard, and they're going to be out to try to get revenge for that. So... I, I kind of like the Steelers in that game, especially because it's in Pittsburgh. Here we are on the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, along with Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson, Pat Jasinkis, and Allison Posey. Uh, we're going to step aside here after talking a little bit about the NFL, and then we're going to shift gears and go over to the college side. So, We shall return after we pay some bills right here on the Sunshine Boys podcast. Welcome back to the Sunshine Boys podcast. Uh, Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson, and Allison Posey from ABC 27 in Tallahassee. And we have a pretty good weekend of college football action, gang. Um, you know, things get early, underway early. Notre Dame is in a, a bit of a uh, interesting situation. They're going to go to Syracuse and play that big game. Uh, it's a noon game on ESPN. Any thoughts that that uh, Kelly could be in trouble at Notre Dame uh, after last week's loss and a one and three start at Notre Dame? Well, that's the rumor. Uh, Of course, you know, nobody from Notre Dame is actually saying that. And it would be a surprise to say the least uh, if, if the heat were to really come up on Brian Kelly on that level. Um, But, you know, the biggest, the, I guess, problem that you would say he has uh, 
is maybe his candor can can rub some people the wrong way. He certainly has, has had his sideline issues before. Actually, seems a little bit more under control this year. And um, but but Jim, you mentioned the key thing. They're playing Syracuse. They will beat Syracuse. They will beat Syracuse badly. Uh, Syracuse is not a good team. And uh, so Notre Dame will fly out of Syracuse uh, feeling better about itself. And, you know, they're not going to be in the playoff picture, obviously, or, or anything like that. But they can still have a pretty good season. And, and I, I think Brian Kelly's a terrific coach. And they just need to shut up and leave him alone. You know, uh, Jim, I don't think um, it's beyond the realm to suggest that those well-heeled Notre Dame uh, boosters uh, at this point are uh, growing a little bit impatient that the Irish are not in the national conversation and and haven't been. Um, Expectations uh, are always high in South Bend, maybe not realistic, but always high based on tradition. And, Jim, uh, it might not be a direct... reflection on on kelly but they they gotta they gotta get to the next level jim they don't they don't win big games anymore and beating up on the poor orange men uh who have no defense as joe will agree with zero Mm um you know and i don't care if notre dame puts up 55 or 60 um you're, you're not beating clemson you're not beating oklahoma you're not beating fsu um so I think there's a general dissatisfaction right now in South Bend. There's no question about that. Absolutely. Well, it's, Alan, almost, Alan, it's Alan. almost just like, I mean, it's almost, it's almost a when does, I don't want to say mediocre, but when does just winning the games you should win and not winning the games that, the big games, I mean, when when does that become unacceptable? I mean, that, that's that's the question. I mean, last week was, not good for them. Um, you know, they, they should get a win at Syracuse, but I don't know. I mean, you got, you got to get the, you got to get the big wins. I mean, again, when, when does, when does it become okay to just not do that, to just go out and, you know, have a, have a two, three loss season and just call it a day. I mean, there should be higher expectations for that program. And like you guys were saying, I mean, I think, I think it's fans are getting to the point where, where they want that. Well, they always want that. Uh, mm-hmm. At every school, they want that. Uh, you know, at, and you, you mentioned a two or three loss season. With the parity in college football today, um, the only ones that are really going to avoid that trap are the Alabamas of this world, maybe Ohio State. Um, a two loss season is nothing to be ashamed of um, in, in the NFL or in the NCAA, but right. um, the real question becomes one of logic. And, and we just saw this play out at, at LSU. Okay. Um, expectations there are, you know, they're with you every step of the way until you have to punt and then they want to fire you. And they've been, you know, Les Miles uh, did an unbelievably good job for a dozen years at LSU. And just happened to be in the same division with Alabama. And the good people in Baton Rouge said, um, we expect to win 
you know, every time we play Alabama and we expect to be uh, in the national championship picture every year. And to even be in the picture at a school like that is not enough. You know, when you win, when you're at a school where winning the national championship is where everybody says, okay, you've met our expectations. Now do it again. Then you know that things are off the rails. And, and I think they are a little bit at Notre Dame. Uh, they certainly were at LSU. Uh, they may be off the rails at Alabama uh, and schools like that. But, um, I mean, we saw it play out. Allison, you saw it play out with Florida State. Uh, mm -hmm. After the Louisville game, everybody was, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with this team? Uh, bounced back pretty well last week. And, and uh, Europe, Europe in Tallahassee, what's the mood up there about the Seminoles right now? I mean, last week was we were in a little bit of a depression, <laughs> but I mean things are things are cruising now, and you know Jimbo said he said it all year, and you know going with expectations, that's the expectation in Tallahassee. They're going to compete for a national championship every year. They want to be in the ACC title game. They want to be competing for rings. I mean that's that's what is expected in Tallahassee. So I think, and it's not even the fact that they lost to Louisville. It's Bad as they lost. I mean, they they were in, they were embarrassed. Um, they knew it. Jimbo knew it. The kids knew it. Um, it just wasn't it wasn't a good look for them. And you know, they came out and they beat a South Florida team like they should have beat. Um, you know, we'll see what happens this weekend against North Carolina, and then of course Miami next weekend, and then the juggernaut Clemson comes in a couple of weeks, but. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Jimbo talked a lot about expectations this week, and he, he addressed, you know, he's his name's already being thrown around to go to Baton Rouge like it was last year, and he's made it pretty clear this time around that he loves Tallahassee, he wants to stay here, he wants to be at FSU for a long time. Um, you know, and time's going to tell on that. Um, but I'll say this, this year compared to last year, last year it was more of kind of a question mark. He didn't really talk about it that much. He never really said definitively yes or no. Um, he went on the the ACC teleconference yesterday and basically said, "Look, like I'm I'm staying in Tallahassee." So again, we'll see if that 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 is what ends up happening or not. I mean, you never know. But um, I, I think the fans are a little bit more at ease now, <laughs> knowing <laughs> that maybe we won't have to go through a coaching search. But uh, the guys are ready. I mean, they're more focused. Uh, they're definitely going to be paying attention to that Louisville-Clemson game tomorrow night because that game is kind of the the do-or-die game for them. I mean, it doesn't involve them at all, but it has everything to do with how their season's going to going to play out here. Well, and what were they ready to fire Jimbo after the first play last week at South Florida, where they got uh, stunned with an 84-yard touchdown yeah. pass? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, Jimbo's done a lot for Tallahassee, and you know, you didn't really hear any of the. I mean, you heard some of the fire Jimbo's, but it wasn't it wasn't as bad as it as it was. You know, the fire left miles were a lot <laughs> were a lot heavier. Um, but there, there's always going to be those fans. I mean, you guys have been in the business a long time. You know, you you, you mess up, you, you drop one pass, and oh, the coach needs to be gone. I mean, that's there's always those unrealistic fans. But I think overall. Everyone's real happy with Jim. I mean, the players love him. I mean, that's really all you can ask. The players love him. The community loves him. He's a good guy. Um, so I think overall they're pleased with the way that uh, 
that they came out and beat South Florida. Uh, again, ask me in a couple weeks when Florida State, uh, what happens with Miami, what happens with Clemson, and then I'll tell you what the fans think. <laughs> there you go. Hey, no, Jeff, guys, you know guys, go ahead. Jeff, I... You know what's funny? Uh, when Alice, Alice, just Alice ah. said it in passing, and, and I think we have, we can't overlook this. Uh, she talked about the upcoming schedule. Uh, they've already played Ole Miss, guys. Ole mm-hmm. Miss is a heck of a football team, uh, and, and that's been proven out, uh, especially last week. Uh, they've already played Louisville, who's a powerhouse. Yep. They played South Florida, pretty good team, mm-hmm. and uh, now you got North Carolina, Miami, and Clemson. Mr. Henderson, that that is one heck of a schedule for Jimbo Fisher. And, and that that was something that uh, we talked about. And a lot of people talked about before the game or before mm-hmm. the season. Excuse me. Was that this is it's arguably the toughest schedule in the country, and with a freshman quarterback, you know, a first year quarterback who's going to have some growing pains and has had some growing pains, and you know, everybody looks at that and says, well, you know, Jameis Winston won a national title. Why? Oh, I can't this guy. But if, if it were that easy, every freshman quarterback in the country would win uh, a national championship. And it obviously doesn't work that way. Well, you have to look at the team that was around Jameis Winston, too. He had he had a guy named, named Calvin Benjamin. I think we've all heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Cal, Calvin made Jameis look a lot better than Jameis was. <laughs> Uh, and that receiving core, you know, granted, Travis Rudolph's had a pretty good year, but but the receivers just aren't there. I mean, the offensive line has had its struggles. I, Dalvin had a breakout game, finally. But I don't think – I Jimbo has insisted that Dalvin's been okay, but myself and a lot of other people don't think Dalvin's been 100%. And I think a lot of it had to do with confidence. You know, he hadn't – he had this amazing season last year and really hadn't done that much – until that South Florida game, you know, he rushed for 267 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with confidence, but, but that, that team, that 2013 team, talent, player for player, I think was a lot more talented than this one. And, and this team is very, very young, and that's something that Jimbo has, has stressed day in and day out. And you're listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams along with Joe Henderson, Ira Kaufman, and the young lady you just heard from, our own ABC 27 Tallahassee correspondent and sometimes guest on the show, Allison Posey. Uh, Guys, let's move down the state a bit um, to the University of Florida. They're going to be hitting the road for the second time in two weeks going to Tallahassee. I'm I'm sorry, going to uh, Tennessee, Nashville this time to take on Vanderbilt. I think yeah, the well, the, still, Joe, I think the Gators are still stunned from uh, from last week. I, I don't think that's going to be an easy game to get over, um, especially the way it unfolded where, uh, you know, their defense, the, the obvious strength of the team, uh, didn't hold off its end of the bargain, Joe, in, in Knoxville. Uh, I think the Gators are certainly better than Bill, Joe, but something tells me, uh, their their minds are still going to be in Knoxville for about a half of that game. Well, they better not be, um, <laughs> because uh, this is the SEC, and 
you know, yes, Florida should beat Vanderbilt, but Florida should have beaten Tennessee uh, last week when they had them uh, had their their boot on Tennessee's neck and 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 as as you correctly said, their defense collapsed and everybody you know focuses on the quarterback situation, what's going on there, and and so on and so forth. But Florida was alleged to have had an elite defense. Now, this was based on victories over UMass, a terrible <laughs> University of Kentucky team, and North Texas, okay? Um, perhaps a little perspective uh, is needed here. And uh, Well, they didn't play they, Jesuit. No, uh, they, they might have <laughs> lost that one. But um, the, you know, you got to look at who these guys are playing before you anoint them, you know, as the next steel curtain. And Tennessee is, for my money, not an elite team. I know a lot of people had them highly ranked at the start of the year, and that was a great win for the Vols, and Butch Jones really needed that. But that is a team that struggled this this year too, and and they put up 38 on the Gators. So I'm if if I'm you know, Jim McElwain, I'm sitting there looking at this, going, "Oh boy, we got a lot of stuff to fix uh, in a hurry." I think they will beat Vanderbilt because um, I don't think Vanderbilt's very good. Uh, but then the next week uh, they get LSU uh, coming into the swamp and. Uh, yeah, so, which actually happens to be their last home game of the season. Um, yeah. They've well, no, 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 no. They've got, they've got South Carolina. Oh, I'm yeah. Sorry. And they've got the game. Uh, who are they playing the weekend what? before Florida State, too? It's uh, Presbyterian. That should be a great one. Yes. Um, yeah, that should be a good one. <laughs> they, they hey, got the Don't ever underestimate. <laughs> yeah. Ira, in fact, I think you're due in Gainesville that day. You're starting at quarterback. So get... <laughs> he's got I'm eligibility left. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Florida, if you don't have an elite defense in the SEC, you're going down. That's just all there is to it. And, that's the big question for me going into uh, to the next couple of weeks for the Gators. Uh, was the defense that everybody was saying so much great stuff about the first three weeks, uh, was that an illusion? Or, um, you know, did they just have a hiccup against Tennessee? We'll find out. Absolutely. I think they had a hiccup the second half. I mean, you can't show up for a half and then come out after halftime and, and not show up. I mean, they were winning, what, was it 21-3 at halftime, 21 nothing, and came back. And, I mean, you can't, you, can't, you can't do that as a defense. I mean, if you're good, well, you're good. you got to be good a whole four quarters. <laughs> well, yeah. And, um, you know, they were shredded for 35 points in the second half. Mm-hmm. They were up 21-3 to at the half. And, and and then gave up uh, 35 unanswered. So, you know, it, it is what it is. And everybody talked about, you know, how how would Appleby do as, as, a, as a quarterback? Guy threw for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. So he's he's not the problem. Uh, it was the defense. And we'll we will uh, we will find out real quick what they got. You know, the best no, team sure. in the state. I was just going to say, yeah. Ira, the best team in the state might be. Ira's 
Number 14, University of Miami Hurricanes, coached by Mark Rick. They're going to be in Georgia Tech this week, uh, noon, ESPN2. It's the second week in a row that Georgia Tech has faced a a top-20 team. They played uh, Clemson last week. You know, uh, Jim, to Joe's point, um, Joe, I'm not sure there is an elite defense uh, in the SEC because – Ole Miss certainly doesn't have it. They got a heck of an offense. Alabama gave up 45 to Ole Miss. Georgia doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee Gators. I'm, I'm running out of suspects here, Joe. Um, uh, but my, uh, as, as Jim wisely points out, uh, my Miami Hurricanes uh, are, are looking good with um, with one of the better quarterbacks in America, one of the better coaches in america uh don't sleep on the canes people well uh, with all possible love and respect ira uh <laughs> the way that we're getting started I don't like we're, that. we're we're gonna play uh the let's look at the who the hurricanes have beaten game <laughs> they beat famu 73 yeah. <laughs> they beat right. florida atlantic 38 to 10 and they beat uh, Appalachian State, which was a they they routed them, nice win for them, but come on, <laughs> it's Appalachian State. <laughs> so uh, the the at Georgia Tech this week, we'll find out a lot more about them. Then they are at uh, they they will host Florida State, and then if they're five and zero after that, then I'm going to say they're for real. But they're playing a varsity team this week. They're not playing the, the JV schedule they've been playing so far. So let's hold off on anointing uh, the Canes. Everybody wants to say, oh, the Canes are back. The Canes are back. Uh, cool, your, cool your heels, sir. It's a, it's a little premature. You know, <laughs> Joe's always the voice of reason, Jim. Hennis is always the voice of reason, James. Yeah, I know. And that really screws things up when you're talking about college football and all this other stuff because, you know, the great thing about sports are as – uh, as uh, you know, Shirley Povich used to say to me, the toy department of journalism, the um, <laughs> the situation is that uh, you know we always kind of like to you know you live week to week in football, and this is one of those things where hey, Miami this week is the best team in Florida <laughs> for this week, so hopefully Where? we'll see see how that goes. No, you know, Go ahead. We all, all practice right. hyperbole, Allison. We we all major in in hyperbole in sports. Right. And, and, and here's Henderson, <laughs> Allison, trying trying to be the voice of reason. You know, uh, Joe, I don't I don't I don't want you to play that role, Joe. That, that's a poor role to play. I'm uh, I, I'm always equipped with a bucket of ice water to throw on uh, throw on you, Ira, uh, when when you get a little. Back to reality. reality. Yeah. Hey, Hold speaking up, about back to reality. The South Florida Bulls, after losing to Allison's FSU Seminoles last week in a game played at Raymond James Stadium, they have to hit the road and play a very tough Cincinnati Bearcats team. And boy, I'll tell you what, this could very well be uh, a showdown for that uh, division. Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, South what Florida, I'm paid to do. The, very well. Um, people. We'll look back. Uh, I'm, I'm sure in, uh, Tommy Tuberville in, in Cincinnati has only shown his team 
the game films of, of their, their last encounter with South Florida about 2008 times this week. It was 51 to three at the half USF. It was a, it was a Friday night game. It, it's one of the, one of the most amazing nights of USF football that I ever saw. They were, they obliterated a, a, what was thought to be at the time, a pretty good Cincinnati team. So um, the question becomes, can they do it again? And we will, uh, you know, I'm skeptical uh, after last week. I'm skeptical. I do think USF will score points. I do think uh, they have a, a far superior offensive team to the Bearcats, um, but that defense was exposed badly last week uh, by Florida State. They they were run over top of, essentially, uh, by a much more physical FSU team. And Jimbo Fisher just gave the blueprint uh, to how to beat USF, just run right over top of them. And it also helps if you have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Um, but uh, you know, not a lot of people do that, uh, uh, stipulated, but if, if, if Tommy Tuberville's team in Cincinnati can line up and just play smash mouth with USF, uh, it's going to accomplish two things. It's they're going to move the ball and they're going to score points. Plus they will keep Quentin flowers and, and the USF offense off the field. Cause let's not forget USF did put up 35 last week on, on the Seminoles. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's it's going to be a very tough game for South Florida. But again, if you want to be the program that they keep continuing saying that they want to be, then you have to go on the road and you have to win these games. And uh, I think that uh, it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun to watch, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, there's Jim, also uh, Jim, go ahead. Uh, it's a it's a little bit of a gut check in terms of uh, mental toughness. Uh, Allison, the Knowles certainly passed that test last week um, off a rebound. And, you know, I'm not putting the Bulls in, in the Knowles class, but in terms of mental toughness, Jim, you got to let last week's uh, loss go and, and focus on the task at hand. And um, I think these are two pretty even teams. Um, and we'll see if uh, – if the balloon burst a little bit uh, at USF uh, or they show that, uh, you know, this program's on the right trajectory. I, I agree. I mean, this is, if you're going to be, if you want to play with the big boys, you got to beat the big boys. And they had a tough time on national television last, uh, uh, last week against FSU. This is a key game for them. They have to go into Cincinnati. That's not an easy place to play. It's a new a very new facility that, uh, from what I've seen, it looks beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be tough. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and, and it's a night game, which will give Bearcat fans more time to prepare. And um, <laughs> the um, – but USF is, a, is a, I, th I believe, about a six-point favorite, favorite in this game on the road, uh, which is significant. So um, I do think that uh, USF's offense, uh, particularly their receivers, uh, are, 
are just going to be a little bit too much for Cincinnati to handle. But I guarantee you, uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt, USF will have their hands full in this game. It is, forget last year. That was, you know, that's not going to happen again. Uh, you know, Cincinnati took Houston uh, into the fourth before uh, they uh, collapsed at the end. And um, I would uh, would expect really nothing different uh, this time. But I do think USF will win the game. Rounding out the uh, state schools, we got Central Florida going to play East Carolina. And, you know, that's that's never uh, – you know, East Carolina is a lovely campus, but you can't get there from here. I don't – you got to parachute it. Um, it's a, it's a two-and-a-half-hour drive from the parking lot. So, I mean, I, it, it's it's tough. And we'll see. Central Florida had a big win last week, and let's see what happens with Central Florida this week and see if they can um, keep running. This is where they get into the conference schedule aspect of it. I, I well, like what Scott Frost is doing there. I, I like I like Scott Frost. I think he'll uh, – I think he's uh, got a plan, Jim. He's methodical. Um you don't turn it around overnight after losing a uh, a first-round NFL draft pick quarterback. Uh, you, you're starting from scratch, and after last season's debacle, uh, I think I think he's making solid progress in in, in Orlando. Yep. Who bids? By uh, the way, guys, who wins the Tennessee Georgia game? Uh, great question. Um, Boy, I tell you, I, that was one of the stunning results last week. Um, was the uh, the Georgia loss to to Mississippi? Not that they lost, but the margin was just that was uh, an eye opener. Um, but uh, I would, I, at this point, I would put the hat on Tennessee to win the football game. I think Tennessee is going to ride that momentum too. They just had a big win over Florida. I mean, so much about football is momentum and carrying from week to week. And if you look at the high that Tennessee's on, if they can keep that going, then I, I, I don't, I think they'll, they'll handle Georgia just fine. I'll make that three zero in favor of the Vols, Jim. Unless you want to, you want to stick a note in there for the for the Bulldogs. (laughs) I wish I could, but I'm thinking. I didn't say this last week, but nothing drives me more crazy than sitting there and listening to Rocky Top being played every time they score a touchdown. It drives and, everyone crazy unless uh, you're a Tennessee fan. I am. Which, is, which is exactly why they do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> crazy. Again, uh, rational, Joe. Again, you're using rational situations. So I have that. a feeling, as nauseating as it's going to be, they might as well put that damn thing on a loop because when they go to Georgia, they're going to beat Georgia. So uh, I'm going to be listening to Rocky Top, and as I'm sitting here, I realize I've got an orange pen in my hand. Uh, so <laughs> nothing good can happen. Um, how about Wisconsin-Michigan? That's a, a good Big Ten battle this week. That's one of the best games in the country this week. Um, it's at the big house. But uh, I don't think that much matters because uh, Wisconsin uh, just went to Michigan State uh, where nobody goes into Michigan State and wins 30 to 6 like Wisconsin did. Um, So we're going to – how about this for a a gamut for Wisconsin? They are – 
They were at Michigan State last week. They're at Michigan this week. And then uh, they get a bye week, and then they play Ohio State. And and then they are at Iowa. So, you know, good luck coming through that unscathed. But I'll tell you this, if they uh, if they do, and if they if they can go into Michigan this week and win, uh, you are then looking at a a very realistic uh, playoff contender because nobody's going to quarrel with their strength of schedule, and uh, if they can, um, you know, they'll have their hands full this week. But I'm uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Badgers on this one. I got to tell you, Barry Alvarez is one of my favorite people, and um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Wisconsin go in and uh, and pull the upset. Uh, it's going to be tough. Harbaugh's got some good players out there, and that's a that's a, that's a great one. So it'll be definitely worth watching. And speaking of worth watching, we talked about it a little bit early, but let's get one prediction here as we get ready for the to close things out. How about? The situation with Louisville and Clemson, that's going to be uh, it's going to be one which I know, Allison, you were saying it earlier, that uh, all the Knowles fans will suddenly become fans, oddly enough, of Clemson for at least a week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody's got Dabo Sweeney and, uh, you know, Dabo for president running around the, in Tallahassee. So what's, what's the I, I, I think Jimbo down, has that sign. <laughs> Yeah, Jimbo's Dabo Sweeney's uh, uh, caddy for this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be a good game. I mean, Clemson's going to have to – I mean, they're going to have to step it up. I haven't been overly impressed with them this year. Um, and Lamar Jackson is a freak of nature. I mean, that kid is an animal. Uh, stopping him, you say you have to stop him. How do you stop him? I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows. Um Florida State sure as heck wasn't able to stop him. Uh, but that that's going to be the key with Louisville it is, is containing him and trying to, I would say, stand in the pocket and make him pass, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't let him run. Um, it's going to be a good game. I mean, Clemson's going to have their hands full. Uh, you know, it's at their house, which I think helps. Um Night game. I mean, anything can happen, but I I just have a feeling Louisville's going to win this one. Well, it's hard to pick. Uh, hard to pick against think, Louisville. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the Cardinals are for real. Uh, now, while the Arizona Cardinals are struggling, guys, uh, 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 these guys are for real. And uh, just ask Jimbo. Uh, look, Clemson can't ask for anything better. Night game at home. But I think Louisville's got the better team, guys. Um, Maybe even the better quarterback, which would have been unheard of, uh, to say, before the season starts. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a game that can can stamp Jackson as the unquestioned uh, runaway Heisman leader uh, midway through the season. Um, I'm kind of with Allison on this. I'm, I'm going with the visitors. Well, there's there's a weird thing about this game is they're gonna you might as well uh, keep score with a calculator because they're just gonna keep running up and down the field on this thing, um, and I think a track meet at this point probably suits Louisville better. Um, but look, I've, I've I've been to Death Valley on a on a Saturday night for a big game, and there are. There's few places like it, and 
uh, Allison and, and everybody is, as we saw when Florida State uh, jumped into a uh, an electric atmosphere up in Louisville, and that was a day game, um, Louisville's going to get a taste of its own medicine in this one. Um, mm-hmm. But there's just something about this Louisville team that uh, looks extremely special. And um, I'll be watching, that's for sure. And uh, But you, you, I almost have to go with the Cardinals in this. I just uh, – I think they're just uh, one of those special teams this year. I'll say this. I think that um, for the same reason you're talking about, Joe, going to Death Valley and playing at Clemson, uh, a night game especially. I've been there, and I've seen a lot of upsets. And um, I'll tell you what. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Clemson this time. I think it's going to be – it's more of a gut thing than anything else. Um, to me, this has got trap written all over it. And I just think that this is one of those times that Dabo Sweeney is going to, you know, rally his troops and they're going to play some football and they're going to pull off um, an upset uh, of, look, you can still be a better football team and lose. And I think that Louisville's a better football team than Clemson, but I don't, I don't like going to Clemson at night and playing in front of that crowd with a freshman quarterback, even though he is at this moment, certainly far and away the Heisman Trophy leader, but I could just have Rocky Top playing in my head, and maybe that's what's screwing <laughs> me up. I have no idea. But uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, with Clemson on that one. Jeff, Jeff well, is it, that the same feeling uh, that you had when you picked Jeb Bush to win the Republican primary? Uh, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, that would that would probably be the, the same gut feeling. It's that's the kind of gut feeling you can only be taken care of with my Lanta, I think. But um, <laughs> anyway, well, guys and gals, we're getting ready here to wrap the show up. And uh, since we have our guest, Ms. Posey here, uh, final thoughts on uh, this week for college and pro football for Miss Allison Posey of ABC 27 in Tallahassee. Yeah, I, I mean, great weekend of college football. I, you know, the NFL, God love the Florida teams. <laughs> Jacksonville, Miami, and Tampa Bay need all the help they can get. Um, and, you know, I guess the same really can be said with uh, with Florida college football. Uh, minus, minus Miami at this point, uh, you know, Florida State's going to – I don't know if they'll have their hands full with North Carolina this weekend, but I mean it's not not going to be uh, a gimme. Um, but yeah, I mean I think the game that everyone's going to be paying attention to, especially in the ACC, is that Louisville Clemson game, and uh, just a lot of good college football on tap this weekend. I think a lot of conference shakeups and kind of figuring out where everybody stands is going to happen this weekend, and this is this is the, the time of the year where things kind of start falling in place and. Things can get really fun as far as uh, the playoff picture goes. Joe, any thoughts? Yeah. Um, the season, I think all the preliminaries are, are out of the way. There have been some, some good games, obviously, uh, uh, in September. But we're, we're getting into October now, and it, it's starting to get real. And we're, we're separating the, the contenders from the pretenders. And that's going to be a lot uh, more clear after this week, um, we will know 
uh, between Clemson and Louisville, uh, you know, which one of those will remain on the national stage. And, you know, the, as we talked about the Wisconsin, Michigan game, uh, just a lot of uh, tremendous matchups. So for me, this is really when the college football season begins. And, uh, I'm going to make sure I got a lot of popcorn and cool beverages this weekend. Well, even the South Florida Cincinnati game that we talked about. So it's a terrific game. Terrific kind of game. Separation Saturday on the first week of October. There you go. How about you, Ira? You know, I'm going to go back to the pro side, Jim, and uh, look at the very last game uh, on the schedule, uh, which is, I believe, the New York Giants going to Minnesota with that yep. new stadium on, on Monday night. Um, and I'll tell you why. The Vikings are 3-0 mm-hmm. under a head coach that Joe Henderson's very familiar with, Mike Zimmer, a uh, very good assistant in, in Cincinnati. Uh, and I just want to point out to the panel, the Vikings are playing without their quarterback, a running back who was named MVP of the league a few years ago. They've lost their left tackle, the guy that protects now the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. and they're killing people, and they just beat uh, Carolina uh, in Carolina. The Vikings have a heck of a defense. They're 3-0. and uh, I'm not sure they're not favored to win uh, that division over Green Bay at this point. Uh, Zimmer's doing a sensational job. I think they're going to beat the Giants. And my hat's off to Mike Zimmer because – Unless, uh, unlike some of these other coaches who whine, woe is me, uh, Zimmer just says next man up. And they made the deal uh, for Bradford, uh, who's playing pretty good football. But the Vikings win on defense, and I think it proves uh, a point Joe made in college. Uh, When you play outstanding defense, just ask the Broncos, you're in every game, and you're a contender. and I'm not sure anybody's playing better defense than the Vikings. Eli Manning's about to find that out on Monday night, uh, Jim. No doubt about it, Ira. I think you're absolutely right. And as a matter of fact, you and Joe can ask the Broncos. They're in town this week. So you can, you can talk to them right. about the defense that they have. And it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, let's go around real quick. We'll go back to Ira for your, um, for your uh, social media, how we can uh, watch you on Twitter and follow you anywhere else. James, you can always catch me on Twitter uh, at iKaufman76. Joe? You can catch me on Twitter at the initial J Henderson Tampa, T-A-M-P-A. And Ms. Posey? Uh, it's just Allison Posey 14. It's A-L-I-S-O-N-P-O-S-E-Y and the number 14. Very good. All right. Next time we get together, Ira and I will be giving you the New Year's Day edition of um, the Sunshine Boys podcast. Uh, A happy show note to everyone over the weekend. And um, we will be with you next time on the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host, joined, of course, by the Sunshine Boys themselves, Ira Kaufman. Joe Henderson and our guest, but sometimes regular panelist and can come back anytime she wants to, ABC 27's Allison Posey. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time on the Sunshine Boys podcast.